When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can also find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 173 of Sorta Awesome. And I just have to tell you all once again, we are so thankful for the way that you support the awesome community and just Sorta Awesome in general all throughout the year. This is just a quick reminder that one of the easiest, simplest ways that you can support Sorta Awesome, especially right now in the height of holiday shopping season, is to shop Amazon through our affiliate link. We've made it so easy for you. All you have to do is go to SortaAwesomeShow.com slash Amazon. When you type that into your web browser, it's going to take you right to the homepage of Amazon. And then every purchase that you make when you use our link It's just going to give a few pennies to support, like I said, our amazing Hangout community, which is very, very close to 5,000 awesome members now. And the best part is it does not even cost a dime to you. It is just regular shopping on Amazon for you. So again, while you're doing your holiday shopping this holiday 2018 season, remember to go to SortaAwesomeShow.com slash Amazon. All right, this is episode 173 of the show. I'm joined this week by my very dear friend, longtime co-host. You know that she's everyone's favorite big sister, Kelly Gordon. Hello, and how are you? I'm good. Hey, May. Hey, awesomes. It is winter. Yes, (laughs) like for real winter. It is winter. We here in the North got snow. I know lots of people got snow recently across the Midwest and the central part of the U.S. And of course, Canada has been in snow forever. Bless you all Canadians. But yeah, it's here. (laughs) It's really here. Well, I'm so glad that you were able to come in out of the cold and sit down and talk with me today because this week we are talking all about the awesomeness of teenagers. Mm -hmm. Now, some of you may be feeling a little skeptical right now, like what? Teens are awesome? Help me understand. (laughs) And that's exactly why we're doing This show, because Kelly and I both happen to be really pretty enthusiastic fans of teens, including and especially the ones who are living under our roofs right now in our homes. So we have put together a list of some ways that teens actually are very awesome. And we've come up with some ideas about how each one of us can support the growing awesomeness of the teens who are in our life. Now, I want to make it clear, this is not just a show about parenting, although it certainly applies to people who are, like Kelly and I, parents of teens. But it's really for anybody who just knows a teen in whatever context. Maybe it's your favorite babysitter, or maybe you're a teacher, or you work with students in some way, maybe at church with youth group, maybe you have nieces and nephews. I'm telling you what, my nieces and nephews are quite a bit older than my kids. So I've kind of been on the periphery of watching you know, watching kids turn into these fully grown human adults, yep. <laughs> which is amazing. So yeah, if you don't have a teen in your life that you're enjoying getting to know, maybe this episode will actually inspire you to build some relationships with the young people, the youths. <laughs> the youths. Yeah. The youths of America. <laughs> yes. In your community. So we are going to get to all of that in just a few minutes. But first, Let's do go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. It's the moment in the show where we share with you about the books and TV, the movies, the podcasts, the products, whatever it is, it's making life a little bit more awesome. Here we are in December of 2018. Kelly, I cannot wait to hear what is awesome in your life this week. Oh, I have been saving this awesome and it is so appropriate that it is the beginning of winter here because 
Awesomes, we have talked before. In fact, Meg, I think it was your Awesome of the Week, maybe 18 months ago or so, the idea of grocery pickup. Oh my goodness. Yes, it's a life changer. It's a life changer. You just drive in, somebody comes out and loads your groceries and you drive home. Cuts all that down. We're going to take it one step further here with my Awesome of the Week, which is grocery delivery. Oh, yes, right? Yes. I bet there's awesomes. Several of you are nodding your head and others of you are going, what? Uh-huh. Tell me more, right? So yes. this is still kind of new. I'm sure a lot of people, especially in cities, have heard of this. It's growing though. So the one that I'm the most familiar about with, excuse me, that I want to talk about is Shipt. It's S-H-I-P-T. Okay. There are several others. I mean, do you know what's in your area? I know I personally, and I did not know you were going to talk about Shipt this week, but I did personally just sign up for Instacart. Okay. Because, and here's the main reason why, I have said forever, if somebody could just do my Sam's shopping for me, my life would be complete. Well, I'll tell you what, here in Oklahoma City now, Instacart serves our Sam's Club. Yes. Just as a reminder, we don't have Costco. We don't have Costco. <laughs> so and we make do with Sam's. And you have lots of children. So, and I have lots of kids. Yes. So anyway, I did just sign up for Instacart, but I'm sure there are others in our area that I haven't even discovered right. yet. I feel like Instacart and Ship are the two largest. Ship okay. might be a little bit bigger in my area, in the Minneapolis area, only because Ship started in Birmingham, Alabama, but was, I think about a year ago, acquired by Target. Oh, okay. So we have Targets everywhere because Target HQ is here. So then that's really has spread the love here. So the reason I think it's such an amazing thing, you guys, is that here we are going into winter. If you are a young mom, a parent who is at home with a sick child, an older person, here is somebody who's going to bring your groceries to you. You don't even have to load the baby into the car mm-hmm. and drive out on the slippery roads. You can just let them bring it to you. I think this is kind of life-changing. Absolutely. Yeah. For so many people. Now, there is a fee. It's usually an annual fee for ship. You know, right now, of course, we're in the holiday season, so they're running deals all the time. It is normally $99 for a year, although you could also do $50 for six months if you wanted to try it. Mm -hmm. You do always get a two-week free trial, so you can try it that way. The way it works is Instacart and Ship work in different grocery stores, and it's different in different areas. So really, you have to go to those websites. We can link to them in the show notes, and then look for your city and see which grocery stores are affiliated with the different services in your city. Does that make sense? Yes. Here we have Instacart as well. They do like Aldi here. They do Costco here and maybe Sam's Club. Ships does Target exclusively since Target bought them. Mm-hmm. And some of the other grocery stores, I know there are, you know, grocery stores vary across the country. I don't even know how to say them all. I know there's Meyer. I don't know. M-E-I-J-E-R. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, the one that's down near you, it's H-E-B. Is that how you say it or is it Heb? Oh my goodness. No, it's <laughs> H-E-B and it is uh, the gold standard. It is the gold standard. Grocery store life. I miss H-E-B. Yeah. With actual pangs of longing in my heart right now. If we had H-E-B in Oklahoma, I would skip all of the delivery and the grocery store pickup because it's an experience yes. in going to H-E-B. I get that. Yeah. We have several grocery stores here that are like that. And many of them more locally owned, but they're so fun to shop at. Yes. But still, I don't know about, I'm guessing, a lot of these grocery stores then have fantastic delis and things like that. Uh-huh. So, you know, you could get Great food delivered, even if you wanted to do it that way. Yeah. So I don't think it's just something for you, Austin. I think this could be a gift idea. Ooh, right? yeah. If you have a new parent in your life, how awesome would this be for Christmas? Here's $50 because what it is, it's after that, as long as you're ordering $35, at least it's shipped. If you're ordering $35 or more, delivery is free. Mm-hmm. You don't pay a fee, you know, to deliver. Right. It's just that membership fee covers it if it's 35 or more. So you could do that or for older people in yes. your life, grandparents, who you totally. are thinking, I don't really want you leaving the house, you know, if it's slippery or not nice out. That's a great gift delivery. But really, this is like a two-pronged awesome for me because here's the deal, you guys. And you might even be saying, wait, Kelly, I thought you liked to grocery shop. Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> here's the reason why I actually really, really love it is that I am now a shipped shopper. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it. It is great for me. And I will tell you, if you are curious about it, if you like to grocery shop, then A, that's a huge thing. If you don't like to grocery shop, this is just going to be frustrating to you, right? 
But if you like to grocery shop, if you have a car and you like want to do something to make some extra money and you have just flexible hours, you know, it's not consistent. This is a great program for you. Now, of course, it's like the gig economy, right? This is like Uber. It's like so many different things. The cool part is that you can say, I think I have a couple of hours today. I'm just going to put myself on the schedule and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Or you can even look and see what orders are open. Mm -hmm. So if I was supposed to meet a friend for lunch and then by last minute they had to cancel, I'm like, oh, no, I'm open. I wasn't on the schedule, but I can see, is there somebody who needs something in my area? And I can go and shop and deliver that. The pay at shipped for shoppers is a percentage of the order plus $5. Okay. So the bigger the order, the more money you're making. It's not a ton of money. It is a largely, I think for a lot of these gig economies, they want people to be paying tips. You know, that's how. So there's ethical things in that. I could do a whole show about, you know, companies that like want the Mm -hmm. tip stuff to be paying their workers. But it is a great way if you just have a few hours to make a few, a little bit of money. And especially if you like customer service and grocery shopping, I'm having the best time with it. And truly for me, you know what? We've talked about this before on the show. I used to be a food server back in college. Yeah. And I kind of miss it. Mm-hmm. I miss that customer service, like making people happy sort of yes. thing. Because Lord knows we try to make our kids happy and it just doesn't always work. <laughs> you know, you're like, I yeah. need you pancakes for breakfast. And I go, oh, pancakes. I want cereal. <laughs> okay. Right. So here I'm getting to go grocery shopping and the hours that I work, it tends to be a lot of young moms yeah. or moms at home with a, a sick child. Mm -hmm. It is so fun for me to be able to shop for these moms and to deliver their food and to see their faces light up and to wave to their kids. Oh, it just makes me happy, you know? So it's a fun job. It becomes a little bit addictive. If you awesome are interested, come find me in the hangout or contact me on social media. I can help you. Not all areas for shipped anyway are accepting shopper applications right now, but there are some. But for sure, if you're interested in it, Try it out and try it out in the winter. This is the time to try one of these grocery delivery services. Find your favorite grocery store and see how it works. Oh my gosh. You know, I was just saying at the beginning of the show that Kelly's everyone's favorite older sister. Obviously, you are everyone's favorite shipped shopper too. Like, I'm just like, I want Kelly to bring my groceries to my door. That would be the best. Yeah, you can't request people right now because my mother-in-law, when she found out I was doing it, she's like, well, I'll do it, but I want you. And I was like, ah, uh, <laughs> it work that works, way. unfortunately, like right now. But at the same time, I will say, having been in the like shopper community for ships now for a little over a month, people really are, of course, not everybody, but the people in there really, they just love to help people. There's some great stories of, an older person who you can tell when you deliver their groceries, they're just lonely. And so the shopper is like, you know what? So I just stayed and talked to them or, you know, people getting together. It is like a cool community sort of thing. So for me, the idea that every time I go up to a door and deliver some groceries, and again, for me, it's usually young moms. It just makes me happy. I love that. And thank you for mentioning about the tip too. I know in Instacart, it sets the tip at a default of 5%. Yes. In the app when you're making your order. So I've been bumping that up because I did suspect, although I didn't know until you said that, I did suspect that that is actually one of the biggest ways that people are compensated for doing the shopping. So like I had a big delivery done on the day before Thanksgiving and I was like, bless this person's heart who (laughs) took up my burden of grocery shopping the day before Thanksgiving. So I put into the Instacart, you can do this. I moved it up to a 20% tip just to be like, you know what? Thank you for... You know, because truly, it really served me in that moment. Right. So anyway, I think it's one of those things. And I mean, my gosh, we talk about this in the hangout sometimes. What services do you tip for? And it's kind of an American phenomenon. Yeah. So I think it's probably one of these things that some people just don't know they should tip for. For shipped, it's not an automatic tip. It's something that they have if you go back into the app. But anyway, I mean, you know, does it cost justify and that sort of thing? I think mm-hmm. that if you love it and you like customer service, it will cost justify for you if you want yeah. to shop. But for sure, on the back end, and oh, can I say one more thing? This is a long yes. awesome of the week. That's okay. I had not thought about this. Somebody, because I was thinking, okay, I want to shop. I don't really care to get my groceries delivered. But as a shopper, I also have a free you know, account to get my groceries yeah. delivered if I wanted. Mm-hmm. So just recently, we had a friend who was having a bad day and I was able to go on to shipped. And to have a grocery delivery made of dinner, basically, to her house. 
Mm. So you can yeah. deliver groceries anywhere when you have oh, an account. Wow. So what I did was delivered a bottle of wine and a rotisserie chicken and some tortillas and stuff and some flowers. Oh, yes. Within like an hour and a half of me wanting to do this, I went on, found the grocery store in her area, put my order in, picked the next earliest delivery window and boom. So I, I think it's such a cool thing. It's cheaper. Do you ever want to send a friend flowers? Oh my gosh. A bad day or just wish you could get them some ice cream. Yeah. Do something like that. But flower delivery, I mean, the smallest chintziest, you know, carnation only bouquet is like $60. Yeah. And then delivery is not going to be till tomorrow. Right, exactly. So here I wrote my little note and I said, Hey, I have a friend. This is for a friend who's having a bad day. Pick the prettiest flowers like that would cheer her up. Yes. And they did. So it's like another way to use the service to spread awesome into the world. Oh my gosh, you're a genius. That's so smart. I love it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Another life changing awesome of the week for all of us. Love it. Okay. Well, I'm pretty excited about my awesome of the week too. I'm just going to tell you the name of the company and then I'm going to tell you all the reasons why I'm so excited about this. Okay. It is called Color the World Lipsticks. Okay. So I'm going to tell you, if I could go back in time and create a product-based business, this is the company that I would have wanted to create because it combines two of my very favorite things. Number one, lipstick. Yes. <laughs> Which we talk about. Well, I talk about a lot. I'm sort of awesome. And also in my real life, I talk about lipstick a lot. But also it combines lipstick with supporting good causes. Cool. So again, it's called Color the World. It is a company that was started by, it's just like a startup, a small business started by two brothers named Wayne and Stephen. And then Stephen's wife, Stephanie, is also part of the founding team. They're out of Durham, North Carolina. And they just had a passion for creating a company that would give back to various causes in the world that are doing good, that are basically doing awesome things in the world. And they are doing it via creating amazing lipsticks. So these lipsticks, different than the lipstick that you're going to get off of the shelf at your local CVS or even at your local Sephora store, these lipsticks are hand poured made fresh when you order them. The ingredients are vegan, they're cruelty-free. And, you know, I've tried some makeup lines and cosmetics that are more natural-oriented. They're kind of hit and miss. Some of them are fantastic, and then some of them are, oh, I kind of want to go back to my Revlon. <laughs> right, like it's a good idea. Yeah. It's a good idea. But these, you guys, listen, I know lipsticks, and these lipsticks are amazing. They go on so creamy and so which I know a lot of people don't like the word creamy sorry that's a trigger but they go on so smooth they're very very moisturizing and the best thing is they do not feather or fade which for women of a certain age group sometimes as we get older our lips kind of have more cracks in them you get that feathered look not long after you've applied it where you can actually, you know, see the cracks in your lips and that's a big bummer. And so, yeah. And then the fading issue, if it's fading past your lips, there's lots of lipstick pitfalls, you guys. And so I'm telling you, these Color of the World lipsticks, you're not going to have any of that. I found these on social media. <laughs> I'm such a sucker for social media marketing. Facebook and Instagram know me so well and they just keep serving me ads that I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I need to try this. I know. That's how my daughter feels. She's like, <laughs> I think that they might know me better than you. Yes. Like they send me an ad and you're like, I never knew I needed that. But yes, uh -huh. I need that. That is the story of my life. And that is how I found these lipsticks. I'm so glad that I did. So what they do is that, again, they create these lipsticks. Every lipstick, when you make a purchase of that lipstick, 10% of the profit from that lipstick goes to a good cause. And they've chosen different causes for each lipstick. So one lipstick might go to benefit the Breast Cancer Research Foundation. Another one goes to benefit an animal rescue organization. Everyone is assigned a different cause that you're supporting when you buy that lipstick. So I super love what they are doing. I personally went ahead. They were having a great sale over, you know, from Black Friday to Cyber Monday. They're having a really great sale. So I went ahead and got a three pack that's called their Glam Pack which has three colors in it. Their color called Confident, which is kind of like a shimmery brown neutral color. Okay. Rose Gold, which is gorgeous. And I think it's my new favorite. 
and then Irresistible, which is a pinkish red. It was great. So it's $39 when you buy it in a bundle like that. Most of the lipsticks, and again, I think throughout the holiday season, they will probably be running specials, as you were just saying. Right. But just like list price, most of their lipsticks are between $16 and $20. So it is going to be maybe a little bit more than you would pay at the drugstore, but definitely in line for what you would pay at Ulta or Sephora for, you know, kind of the next level of lipsticks. So anyway, all of your purchases go to support good causes. So again, right. you could have fabulous looking lips, fabulous feeling lips because they're so moisturizing and just feel so good on. Now, they are not like a long wear lipstick, which I personally okay. don't like because I just have never found a long wearing one that A, is actually long wearing and B, doesn't tear up my lips. Yeah, they're just so matte. Yes. They're dry yes, a little bit. Exactly. They're dry, yeah. So you do, I mean, you can expect a couple of, just like a normal amount of wear, a couple of hours before you reapply. Yeah. So anyway. I love it. And I love that you gave us the pack that you got. Yeah. Because those sound like such great yeah. kind of semi-neutrals. Yeah. They would fit for a lot of different skin tones and colors. Totally. And I just get overwhelmed, Meg. I get so overwhelmed easily. Yeah. When I click on something and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And so then I just leave the tab open for three days <laughs> and click over to something else and then eventually close it. We are the same person. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. That's exactly what I do. But I'm telling you, and I'll put a link. Obviously, to color the world lipsticks in the show notes, but especially to the glam pack. Yes. Also, my girls love them. Daisy is as much into lipsticks as I am. And, you know, she's 13 and I'm 41. We both love them. So if you've got other lipstick fans in your house or on your gift list this year, this could be a fantastic gift. So links to all of this stuff will be in the show notes for this episode. Don't forget that every single Friday, we open up the floor for you awesomes to help us discover even more great stuff. On Instagram, you can find us at Sort of Awesome Show every Friday morning. We ask you all to share your Awesome of the Week over there or in our Sort of Awesome Hangout group. We always have a fantastic Friday thread with everybody sharing what's awesome in their life right now. So you can find us over there at facebook.com slash groups slash Sort of Awesome Hangout. Awesome. It's that time of year when we're making our gift lists and we're checking them twice. I got to tell you one gift that will be a hit with anyone on your list. And maybe you want to sneak one under the tree for yourself is a bag from away. Away understands the way people travel and they make travel actually awesome. I love my Away carry-on. I super love that it charges my cell phone so that I don't have to worry about a dead phone while I'm traveling. And you guys, it is beautifully made and so ultra durable perfect for people who can be a little bit hard on their luggage like myself. In fact, Away makes two sizes of carry-ons. They both have an optional ejectable battery. You can get them in their signature German polycarbonate or in an aluminum alloy and both are guaranteed for life. With that optional TSA compliant ejectable battery, you can charge your phone up to five times and you can easily remove the battery with just one click. Their interior compression system somehow magically lets you pack more. I love those 360 degree spinner wheels. It makes for a smooth ride through any airport. I'm telling you, there is not anything that isn't just totally awesome about Away bags. So for $20 off of a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash awesome and use promo code awesome during checkout. Again, that's $20 off of a suitcase when you go to awaytravel.com slash awesome and use promo code awesome during checkout because this season, everyone wants to get away. Okay, like I said at the top of this week's episode, we are so excited to kind of do a deep dive here on sort of awesome. It's something that we love to do and really dig into all of the ways that teens are, believe it or not, and especially contrary to popular belief, they're actually pretty awesome. Kelly, you and I have been kind of tossing around an idea for doing a show along these lines for a while. And you, of course, our resident researcher, have actually done a little bit of digging. The statistics show, actually, teens are pretty great these days. Right. So we're going to talk about not just the millennials. Millennials are you guys, actually. Some of you that are listening right now, you know, I think that the millennials are still kind of pop culture, like, oh, those are the youngins. But when we talk about teens, we're really talking about, I think, what's most commonly known as Gen Z. Gen Z. Right? Have you heard that? Oh, Gen yes. Z. Yes. So they don't really have a official, this is when that generation began, but it's around the year 2000. Okay. So babies born 2000 and after are Gen Z. And so the ones that are the oldest 
including my daughter, who was born in 2001. So, you know, she's 17 now. What they're finding is that this generation is really, you guys, an amazing generation. There's been so many statistical sort of things that are shocking researchers, like risky behaviors are really just dropping with this group. Cigarette smoking among teens is a historic low. Oh, wow. It peaked like in the mid-1990s. In fact, a lot of this stuff peaked in the mid-1990s. Oh, so. What is that? I graduated in 95. So yeah. I guess I was like at the peak of the problems. At the peak of the Problem problems. generation. <laughs> well, which actually is a good point because we might come back around to this is how it's different to yeah. be a teen today than it was when we were teens, right? But yeah. It says alcohol use has also declined significantly. This is a specific statistic. The number of teens who have used alcohol in the past 30 days is down by half since the 1990s. Teen pregnancy rates are at historic lows. They're waiting longer to have sex than their parents' generation. Driving fatalities are down. And of course, some of that is just the cars are safer, but they've even had some studies that try to look at like, because now we have tiered licensing and just look at it, you know, more across the board, comparing apples to apples, really, even then, teens are crashing less. They're using seatbelts more. They're not drinking and driving. So these are all really good things. Now, some people do say that some of this might be attributable to the fact that these teens just don't leave the house as much. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think comparatively speaking, I can see that. Right, exactly. And that's fair. That's a fair assessment. We don't know all these things yet. But, you know, there's some colloquial evidence. You know, like you think about the Parkland shooting teenagers. Some of the teens that have come out today, they're just kind of unflappable. And they're really sure of what they're going to do. And they're like, we are going to be poised and we are media savvy. Yes. And we are not going to disengage and we are going to make some good things happen here. So I have seen a lot of people and that was part of the impetus for us doing this was, you know, teens today can give us hope. Yes. When everything feels like it's just burning and crashing and we think, oh, my word, what is happening to see this younger generation rise up and say, we're going to fix this. Yeah. Is really inspiring. It really is. And just to think back, like you were just talking about the drinking aspect, first of all. Mm-hmm. Now, I was not a partier. I was your typical church youth group. Good girl in my teen years. However, it was like very normal and common part of teen culture in the small town yeah. in Oklahoma I grew up in for people to drink and party on the weekends. And definitely then you have consequences of that right. in, you know, Things like you were saying, like car crashes and drunk driving and those types of things. Also in teen pregnancies or sexually related diseases and those types of things. It's just so interesting to me. Like it makes me wonder, like, is it because kids are staying home more? Like sort of public service campaigns that have been put together, are they actually effective? Like I'm just so fascinated on a sociological level for how teens are actually kind of living healthier. And then the other thing too is I think that people our age can be a little judgmental or side-eye towards teens today because they are on their devices so much. Yes. And so we want to be like, well, when I was your age, it was all face-to-face conversation or we wrote each other notes or whatever. Right. <laughs> and kind of had this hazy goldeny view of our teenage years when maybe we're not pulling back and seeing the bigger picture that yeah they may be on their devices obviously a lot of us are on our devices a lot too let's keep in mind but maybe we're not quite as great and healthy as we thought they were when we were teenagers exactly we're looking at some of the good things you know like that we played outdoors more and we didn't have people around to record that time we tripped and then posted on youtube you know those are good things (laughs) but at the same time yes you're right we had some other systemic societal things going on that this group doesn't have. And honestly, this group will not put up with. Right. You know, sexual assault wasn't even something that was considered in high school. It was normative. Mm -hmm. You know, in fact, it was a little bit, there's been some great articles that was almost a little bit coveted. Yeah. You know, like it was like, oh, well, good. You know, I want a guy to want me. Yeah. And this group, they have grown up in a different time and a different generation and they are not going to stand for that. And we should be applauding that. There are things, pros and cons, right? Yeah. There are things that they have given up that we had that were good, but there are some things that they've also left behind that is fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Well, we like to talk about pros and cons here. Let's start with some of the great stuff about teens these days, especially you and I are going to have a view on it from like living with them. (laughs) Right. Parenting them. I can tell you hands down, 
so far. Now, my oldest is only 13, nearing 14. So I am definitely a newbie, a noob, as my 11 year old would say, (laughs) when it comes to actually parenting a teen. But so far, I am loving it parenting a teen so much more than let's say the toddler years yes <laughs> let's I mean, talk about toddlers are sweet but yeah. man yes oh okay so here's something is that as these teenagers grow into themselves you get to behold that and watch them learn to think yeah and grow that's exciting you guys yeah it's really fun to watch them discover a book or a concept or come to you and say you should listen to this song it really means this to me you know, they're growing in bigger, deeper ways. I think that's a phenomenal development as a parent. I mean, before this, I was a youth leader before I was ever a parent to teens. I just love that age, you know, that where you are watching that. Of course, as a parent, you have a different perspective because you remember when they were Mm -hmm. two and they were reading Sandra Boynton books. And so now to watch them read To Kill a Mockingbird and get it, you get that perspective. But even without that, even if you were just a 20 year old and you work with teenagers or you're a teacher, Getting to watch those light bulbs turn on for the very first time, Mm -hmm. that can be exhilarating. Absolutely. I love that they can be left on their own (laughs) for the most part. (laughs) For the most part, or that could mean watching younger siblings. Right. You guys, it has been a number of years now, but I still remember the transformative thing called leaving your kids at home and going to run your errands without them. It's a whole new chapter of life and it is beautiful. Even at the beginning, it was like, I'm just going to run and pick somebody up. But it used to be everybody had to get loaded in the car, get your coat or get your shoes or seatbelts. And, you know, just to go like sit outside the school and pick somebody up and bring them home. So then when it was at the beginning, I'm just running to the school. I'll be back in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you come home and everybody. And everybody's okay. Them, everybody's okay. And half of them didn't even realize you were gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and then you get even further to okay, dad and I are going to go out on a date, Yeah, you know, just real quick. Like you've got our cell phones or yeah, I'm going to run to the grocery store and maybe I'll just shop a little bit for fun. Yeah. You know, versus that I've got to get back home. Yes. Sort of a feel because you know, they can handle it. Yeah. That's pretty eye opening. We don't even have a babysitter anymore. Yes. That's the amazing thing. You really do get to that phase of like, okay, they know how to handle all the things. And like you said, I think cell phones, I mean, Listen, my parents, again, it was a different age and time. My parents actually, when I was a junior in high school, I feel like, left for the weekend and left me, you know, I was the oldest of four, left me at home to like man the, you know, the muddy and groceries, but they were like, okay, we're going away for the weekend. So yeah, but to be able to be like, okay, they actually are sufficient. The rules that we have been kind of guiding them with, they really have internalized those. And they also know like when there's a problem and how to get a hold of us. And right. It's it is a whole new world. It really is. It is a whole new world. In fact, my youngest two are a little bitter that they don't have a babysitter anymore because the older kids <laughs> won't play with them the way a babysitter would. You know, so when we're like, well we're gonna yes. go do this and they say, could you just get us a babysitter? <laughs> because the teenagers are like, okay, you know, we have fed you, yes. you have screens, you have no other needs in your life. Right. Nothing's on fire. You're fine. Go play. You're fine. Right. <laughs> and a babysitter would like play puppets with them, you know, that sort of thing. But hey, that's part of the, I guess, the curse of being one of the younger kids in the family. Yeah. We wouldn't know. We're, we were the oldest in our family. So I hear the horror stories. I also love, love, love how funny they are. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So funny. Yes. They're so funny. Teenagers. And part of this is just them coming into their own personality, right? Yes funny in different ways. But when they start to make some of those adult jokes and you look at them and you're like, that was legitimately funny. This is not me laughing at the knock knock joke that you told in second grade that made absolutely no sense. Right. You know? Yes. They are funny and that's delightful. It is. And also I love to hear my girls now, they certainly do plenty of squabbling, but I love to even hear them just joke with each other in their own sort Mm -hmm. of like native language. They both really love memes and internet culture. And so- they will get to laughing with each other about that stuff. But I also love to not only that are they funny, but then you start to have like private or like inside jokes with your kids, which is so fun. I love this part of life. And this is what makes me laugh is that we'll have an inside joke. And then I'll hear because you also get to experience your kids friends who are also teenagers. So you get to be in that whole mix. So one of the things I had said to my son is in a gentle way of trying to bring him back to maybe what's deeper. 
I'll be like, that's not the way of Jesus. (laughs) You know, but it started as kind of a joke because he's like, well, I, I just want to play this game where, you know, we shoot a lot of things or and I'm like, I'm not sure that's the way of Jesus or, you know, the way that he would talk. And so now I'll hear him gaming with his friends on speakerphone and somebody will make like a bad kill and he'll be like, Jacob, that is not the way of Jesus. And I'm like, I don't think you're using it right, you know, from the kitchen. But it's just funny to hear what they pick up and then get to experience their friends. Yes. Man, you guys driving teenagers around can be very smelly, but a huge, huge hoot. <laughs> yes. Like just listening to their conversation. Totally. It's so funny. It's so true. It really is. I love that they can help. Yes. Like legitimately help. They can mow the lawn. My teenager son loves to kind of tinker. So if something is broken, yeah. Like, he loves to be like, ooh, the dishwasher's broken. Excellent. You know, like let me help figure out how that works, yes. that sort of thing. That's so true. My girls are not tinkers, although AJ is a fantastic problem solver and she's not really in the mm-hmm. AJ's not technically a teenager but she's honestly been a teenager since she was like four so right <laughs> but AJ's a good problem solver and she's a good finder she's so like on the sensing intuitive scale she's like off the charts sensing she remembers where everything is at all times so like if anybody loses anything in the house we're like AJ help find this and she'll like find it in less than two minutes she just knows but my nephews are tinkerers. And so like my mother-in-law, who is a widow and has been widowed for a few years, like when she has like a little something that breaks or needs help fixing a ceiling fan or something, like my nephews can go over and fix it. And it's really great to see, you know, see them really pitching in for family stuff like that. Right. Doing that, that gives them some independence and some sufficiency. I think that's really important, actually. Yeah. I don't think there are as many opportunities for teenagers to exercise those skills as there used to be. Yeah just because the way our world has changed. So I think that giving them those opportunities, you know, being like, hey, come help me make dinner. And then just being like, yeah, look what you did. You know, you can do it. You can enter the world of adulting in small baby steps. So yeah, they're fun. They really are. They're really fun. Yeah, I love to hear them talk about the future too. Like Stacy is an eighth grade. I can remember as an eighth grader, maybe you awesomes can remember this phase of life too. Just thinking like, really thinking, I've got to decide right now what I'm going to do with my life. And so she will toss around all these ideas. And I try to gently show her, you don't actually have to decide, but she'll be like, what can I do that involves both music and writing? Because those are my favorite things. And so, you know, I try to not be, now Kyle's good about being the realistic bubble burster. (laughs) (laughs) He comes in with a like, well, let's look at efficiency models here. (laughs) But I can be the one who's just like, let's just daydream. Let's brainstorm. What would this look like? Could you, you know, do this and this? Could you, you know, do this kind of writing work by day, but then play in your community's orchestra, you know, as a hobby or whatever, you know, just kind of, they're so open and optimistic about life and about the future. And it is genuinely that time of life when it seems like, anything's possible. Anything could happen. Right. And it gives you a lot of energy too and hope. Yeah. I remember in high school planning to go to college with my best friends. Oh, yes, totally. I think everybody Mm -hmm. does that. Like, we're all going to live together. So my son has started to say that recently. He says, yeah, the three of us, he has two really close friends. He's like, we're all going to go to college together and we're going to rent a house and we're going to pool our money and have an Xbox and a large TV. Mm -hmm. And then we're just going to have frozen pizzas. And I'm like, and go to and school. also go to like, class. <laughs> go to class occasionally. It's not really about that, mom. You know. So realistically, are they all going to go to the same college? No, right. Probably not. Yeah. You know, real life. But I don't feel the need to say that right now. I'm like that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Because I remember I was going to live on a houseboat with my two best friends. A like, yeah, in a lake. In a lake. <laughs> so that way, there's some colleges on lakes, and we were like, we can live in the houseboat, and that way we can just walk up to campus. It all works out. The boat, right? I mean, yeah. it's so cool. Like, that's realistic. <laughs> but how awesome that you could just dream and have fun with that. Yeah, totally. And so, like you said, I love that all of this, just getting to know our own kids, but then also seeing their friends and what their friends are growing and discovering. That has been so much fun for me, especially like with AJ's classmates. Now, again, they're not quite in that teen, they're definitely solidly tweens. But her classmates, I've known them since they were literally four years old. And so to see the people that they're becoming as they get ready to leave elementary school and 
just to see them becoming people. And then Daisy's getting ready to go to high school next year. And here in the city, in the school setup that we have, they're going to be going to different high schools mm. and, you know, kind of starting to navigate that. But just like looking, because this is, you know, kind of a turning point, especially because, again, like the way our high school situation is where a lot of kids are making choices for schools based on what their interest levels are, if they want to really focus on, you know, hardcore academics, or if they want to be in the fine arts. Yeah, just seeing the people that they're becoming is really quite an honor, I feel like, to have this little slice of view into their life. Yep. So getting to know their friends during this time is so fun, yeah. too. In fact, really I remember reading a Jen Hatmaker post sometime, I think maybe this last year, when her daughter went to college. And she realized that it wasn't just her daughter that she was losing. She was losing yeah. that circle of friends that she associated with her daughter and had been a part of her daughter's life for years. and. They were all leaving to go to their own college. So they were losing each other. Right. But she's like, also, I'm not just going to have my daughter in my home. I'm not going to have this group of girls in my home anymore. Yeah. And so recognizing like where I am in life to say, well, that is really a privilege. That is like a really cool yeah. thing that we get to do as parents and as leaders of teens to just be around yes. and experience them because it's a phase, you know, for better or worse, the teen years are a phase. And so you have to try to just enjoy yeah what you can yeah. and survive, which is hard because of course there are hard things too. Yeah. And I think we can even like right now as adults, think about the people who have been in our lives since we were teenagers and how those parents of our friends maybe have continued to be in our lives. For example, like our former co-host, my longtime dear friend, Laura Tremaine. I mean, I've known her parents since I was 16 years old. And even though my parents moved away from our hometown, her parents' house was still kind of like a touchstone in our hometown. And yeah, there's just something very special, even though college happens and then career and life and family and whatever, there is a very endearing quality, I think, to those relationships and memories of parents, of friends too. So then to kind of think about that, like the importance that that played in my life and continues to play. And like flip it around and think about like what long-term friendships might I be able to still, you know, see in the future. Right. And in fact, I think this is one of those, it's fun, but it's also deeply meaningful and impacting to teens. This is more maybe of a spiritual concept when we're talking about nurturing them, but they would say that most teens need to have at least five adults in their life who are not their parents. Oh, wow. Who yeah. can love on them and be there for them. and be important. You know, it's a mentor, it could be a teacher, it could be a coach, it could be a youth group leader. There's lots of places it could be a family friend. Yeah. You know, the parents of a family friend. So when you think about that, kids who are surrounded by loving, accepting, engaged adults fare the best in life. Right. You know, we can all do that. Yeah. And so it's fun to watch my kids develop relationships with other adults and vice versa. Yeah. To say, hey, I can be that in that kid's life or in, in that girl's life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an important role that comes with its own amount of joy. Definitely. Definitely. If there's one thing every awesome knows, it's how much a small change can have a big impact on your life. Whether it's waking up five minutes early to do some meditation or carving out a little time every day to move your body in healthy ways, all awesomes know that little changes can make a big difference. And here's an easy change that you can make that your body will thank you for. Switching to aluminum-free deodorant. I recently made the switch with Kapari's Coconut Deodorant, and I know I am never going back. Unlike most traditional deodorants, Kapari's deodorant is aluminum-free and vegan. It's free of silicone, sulfates, parabens, GMOs, and baking soda, so it is great for sensitive skin. Kapari's deodorant fights odor with plant-based actives such as sage oil and coconut oil, and it doesn't leave behind a sticky white residue, just the sweet, subtle scent of fresh coconut milk. It will outlast your longest days. This is Kapari's number one selling product. They can barely keep it in stock. I love that now they offer a deodorant subscription. You just choose how often you want to receive it and they ship it out automatically for free. You're never going to run out of deodorant again. And Kapari offers a money back guarantee. So there's really no reason not to try it today. Go to kaparibeauty.com slash awesome to make the safe switch today and save $5 off of your first order when you subscribe. That's Kapari, K-O-P-A-R-I beauty.com slash awesome. Kaparibeauty.com slash awesome.
Okay, so that's a perfect segue because I know we also wanted to talk about how to support teens Mm -hmm. as they are, you know, as they're growing into themselves to kind of discover the awesomeness that is within each of them and how to be awesome in the world around them. And if you are a person of trust for a teen, whether you're related to them or not, these are some ways that we think would be helpful and supportive of them during this time of change and transformation and really coming into themselves. So what are some of the ones that you were thinking of, Kelly? Well, when I was kind of working on a list, I thought, man, there's no better way to say this than to just love them fiercely. Yeah. I read that in a blog post and I thought that is such a good terminology, a way to phrase it. Like love everything about them, even the things that are awkward and annoying, you know, like their selves that they didn't shower and just love everything about them. You know, they are at an awkward stage. Do you guys remember? I remember the teen years. Bless it. You know, it's hard. It is hard to be a teenager. So to have somebody in your corner who is like, I love you. I love you even when you stink. I love you when you're wearing too much Axe body spray. (laughs) I love you when you have on too much makeup. I love you when you're grumpy. You know, I'm going to be in your corner. It doesn't mean that we have to put up with stuff. Obviously, it's not saying, well, everything is fine. Yeah, there's still a parental sort of role there. But it's just saying you are are getting to witness this. I think there's a little bit of that perspective in it. Yeah. Helps you to love them for who they are, you know? Yeah. And I think to have compassion, I remember this from my own teen years and I definitely see it in my oldest daughter. It is an awkward time, but inwardly, like even a little bit of awkwardness, I think during this time feels like a huge amount of awkwardness. And they like, tend to hold on to those things. Like Mm -hmm. maybe they misspoke or they, and I can remember being a junior in high school and answering a question wrong, or like a teacher corrected me after I answered a question in U.S. history class. I can remember sitting there crying because I was like so embarrassed and mad at myself that I got an answer wrong in front of all of my friends. Like looking back, I would have been like, oh, okay, it wasn't right, whatever. But in the moment, it's like so amplified. The awkwardness is so amplified in this age range. So the more you can like show that whatever little bit of awkwardness that you see about that, it doesn't even bother you. Hopefully that compassion can help them practice a little bit of love for themselves and compassion for themselves. It's hard. Like it's uh, not easy when you're a teenager to have compassion for yourself, but maybe we can be Mm -hmm. modeling it for them in our compassionate responses to them. Exactly. That's very well said. You know, if they come home and they are doing that, I answered this question wrong. I'm so embarrassed. So we can say, hey, I get it. As an adult, that does, it's embarrassing or you feel silly, but you're also going to survive. And like, you know, just being there to give them that love and to be that stable presence. Yes. I think it is. It's a little bit of modeling. Like, look, I made it. Yeah. You're going to make it. Like, you're going to get some perspective versus saying, "Mm, it's not a big deal. I don't know why you're crying about that. Right. Like, it's not a big deal. No one else is thinking about it. Move on you know, where we're kind of dismissing their feelings. So it is wise, I think, whenever you're around a teenager, if you have any feelings still that root yourself back there, what it was like to be a teen for you to remember that and be like, oh, that's right. Yes. Would I have wanted somebody treating me this way? Right. So just loving them fiercely, I think it covers over everything. Yeah. Another one that I have noticed has made a huge impact on the relationship dynamic between me and Dicey is that I really listen to what she's into. I pay attention and I try to, in some ways, I don't want to like smother her with this, but I try to like connect with what she's into. Yeah. So one thing that she's into that we actually is a very organic shared interest between us is we both love musical theater. So we will listen to show tunes as we're like, you know, cleaning up the kitchen or whatever. And we both love it. She loves, loves, loves music. I love music. And I think Connor maybe does this with you too. He'll be Mm -hmm. like, listen to this song. Let's listen to this song together. Yeah. Stacey does that. It's a huge point of connection that comes easily for me. However, something she's into that I don't get, it's not my thing. She's really, really into anime and that sort of Mm -hmm. anime subculture. I don't get it. I've never been an anime person. But even just listening to her talk about her favorite ones and the characters and what she loves about them and me being the nerd that I am. You know, we'll talk about like tropes in literature and how you can see this trope in anime and and these types of things. And we really nerd out about that stuff. So even though I'm like not going to probably 
sit down and watch a full, you know, episode of an anime show with her. Just listening and kind of yeah. engaging with it. She has actually verbally said, I'm so glad you listened to me. Thank you. My friend's parents don't care what they're into or whatever. They think it's silly. She has literally said with words, that means a lot to me that you listen to me talk about My Hero Academia is her favorite one. Just like entering into their world, I think is a huge thing. And showing some enthusiasm about what they're excited about, I think goes so far with them. Right. And you don't have to be the expert. You don't have to feel like, oh, I'm going to have to understand this. You can say that to them. Like, okay, tell me about the Pokemon, even though you know I'm not going to remember any of this tomorrow. Like, don't ask me what type that one was because I'm not going to remember. But I do want to hear what you're excited about. So explain it to me. I think they love that. I mean, who doesn't really? But at the same time, I think teens get dismissed. And sometimes their interests are like, oh, I don't care. Or it's going to change. Or, you know, it's not my interest. But we have to be the adults here. (laughs) Right. We have to say, okay, but it's their interest. And if they're going to feel seen and loved Mm -hmm. by me asking and listening, then it's worth it. I have a friend who actually quit working when her boys hit the teen years because she felt like she needed to be at home more at that time than Mm -hmm. when they were young. And part of it is because her philosophy is, she said, I have the potted plant philosophy of parenting teens. I just need to be there at all times because I never know when they're going to talk (laughs) or when they're going to open up. So obviously this is not prescriptive. Not everybody has to do that. But I thought her observation was sound in Mm. that sometimes it's just being attentive and being there with them and saying, hey, I see that you're listening to that. What are you listening to? Or you look like you had a bad day or tell me something good about today. Those small interactions, if they'll talk to you, sometimes they're just not in the mood to, you know, for whatever reason, those build relationship. Mm -hmm. And that is the key to the teen years. Yeah. Relationship, relationship. So if you want to always be building that relationship so that you can then have some bedrock to get through some of the hard things that will inevitably happen. It's just about paying attention and listening. Yeah. And that reminds me, one of my very favorite books for guiding parents, or again, anybody who's involved with kids, this is geared more towards middle schoolers, but I do think that the concepts can apply for, you know, the whole spectrum of teen years. It's called How to Hug a Porcupine. Oh, yeah. And I should have looked, but I didn't. But I will look up the author and put the link in the show notes. So you can find it. But her whole approach is it can be tricky to build relationship with a middle schooler, especially because that's when they're putting out their prickles <laughs> the most. Yep. And they're very prickly and it's hard to get your arms around them. But to kind of keep moving in in different ways and different approaches to let them know, because truly... If you can build a solid, like you just said, solid foundation during middle school years, that's going to be a great launching pad for when they get into, you know, they're getting ready to launch into their lives as they go into high school and into their early adult years. So it's a fantastic book in terms of just like a really compassionate, but also, you know, kind of still stepping up as the leader in a relationship, but taking Mm. on a dynamic that is like, no matter how prickly you are, I still am here. I'm still going to love on you, but doing it in ways that are, you know, approachable for them. So that's a really great one. Oh, that's a good one. I haven't read that in years and I'm going to have to go get it again because even though I have a 17 and a 15 year old, I also have a 10 and an eight year old. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we have round two coming and they're going to be totally different. So Uh I need to brush up on some skills. You know, that reminds me what you just said there about kind of being the leader. There are two things and they sound a little bit like they are opposite, but they really are kind of the bookends. I think one is to be the cheerleader, to be their best cheerleader. Mm-hmm. You know, and this kind of goes to like, you are the adult, but I think that we have so much power, especially as a parent, but really any adult that a teen looks up to, you have so much power to look at them and say, I know you can do it. Mm, yeah. You know, so believe in them, even if they've made a bunch of bad choices and they're going out to make a choice again, I know you can choose right. I know that you can get that homework turned in on time. I know that you can read that book. I know that you can try out for that team, even though you're scared you're going to fail. I know that you can recover when you didn't make the team. You know, not to say that we're going to move right beyond all of the sadness or the actual emotions, but just believing in them. Yes. In the way of saying, I know you can do it. 
I know who you are. I know who you are at the core and you can do this thing. Don't we all need that? I was just thinking, I would like for you to tell me that every morning (laughs) while I'm getting ready. We got Boxer. But I mean, we all need that. That's what I'm saying. But I think especially those years when everything is so uncertain. Yeah. And there's so much conflict in and out. To have an adult in your corner who's like smiling at you and saying, you can do it. Yes. I know you can do it. It's going to bring out their best. And I think this is especially important when they are maybe making bad decisions or they're not having a good track record. Instead of saying, well, are you going to get it right this time? You know, sort right. of a feel. It's this belief in encouraging them on. It's the carrot instead of the stick. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to motivate them that way. Yeah, it's like calling forward their best selves. Exactly. I think my husband does a fantastic job of this because he was a coach for so long. And he can do it in a way that really like makes them think about like, what are the choices that led you to this bad situation? But at the same time, like, how can you make choices? Now, Kyle wouldn't use these words, but basically he's asking, how can you make choices that align with the person that you really are? Yep. And kind of calling that forward, because this is a time definitely when they can be swayed by a variety of outside influences. It's very developmentally appropriate for them there to be some missteps. That's how they're going to learn. But as the parents were kind of like calling out, okay, let's get back to who you really are kind of thing. Oh, and that's really a good point. I think as much as the teen years get a bad rap, just knowing that they are going to make mistakes. So I don't want to make this like, oh, they're all perfect and they're funny and they grow up and everything is good. I think really coming to grips with the idea that they will make mistakes is inevitable. You will have something that happens that's hard. And that's normal. Mm-hmm. So don't freak out. That's where I think obviously there might be some things, some consequences. But at the same time, saying, we know we can survive this. Mm-hmm. We know you can survive this. Yeah. We all make mistakes. This is the time of life to make mistakes. And in some ways, sometimes the mistakes are better made at this age than at 22. Yeah. Because the repercussions can be smaller. Yeah. So I guess that's the other bookend from being the best cheerleader is also to be the guardrails. Yes. In their life, right? So as they get older and we start to loosen up, they get more freedom. Okay, you know, we're hoping that A, we have taught you some things, that you have heard those things that they have sunk in, and also that you have demonstrated some responsibility. So we're going to give you more responsibility, right? We're going to give you more freedom. We're going to take this rule away and see what happens. Is it possible that you still might have to come back in and go, okay, that didn't work. Yeah. That was too much for you right now. And I'm sorry. In fact, we've even said it that way. To our kids, sometimes when they messed up, we were like, you know what, that is much on us as you like Mm. you were not ready for that big wide open playing field and we put you out there and you failed and you should never have been out there. Yeah, like you should never have had that. So we're going to take that we're going to do better. But there are times I think that it's really good. We have to be the guardrails for them to say, nope, that I'm going to let you get close. But here we go. Nope, we're not crossing over that. We're going to steer you back. So trying to help them navigate, the older they get, the more freedom they get. Maybe the guardrails go out, but we can still be the guardrails for them to say, nope, I gave you this much freedom, but now we're raining it back in. And do you see why? And I know you can do better. You can stay within the guardrails. You can do it because I believe in you. Yeah. I know who you are. Totally. Totally. I think this is a concept that I have applied to parenting for a long time. It's actually a concept from recovery programs from like, alcohol addiction mm-hmm. recovery, the idea that some of our biggest triggers in life is the acronym HALT. If you're hungry, angry, lonely, <sighs> or tired, that's yes. when your defenses are down. And you might, you know, again, in terms of recovery, it might be when you're most tempted to go back to your thing. But in parenting, <laughs> a lot of the times, if your kid is having a meltdown, or if they're just going through a bad phase or whatever, maybe just having a bad day, check the HALT, you know, triggers. Are they hungry? Are they angry? Lonely? Are they tired? A lot of the times, and Kelly, I know you know this more than anybody because you have a teen boy. A lot of times they're hungry. Oh, my word. Yes. Yes. In fact, I have an eight-year-old who eats like a teenager. And the other week, he had to come with me and his teen brother. We were dropping off the teenager at youth group. He had to come with me. He said he wanted to go even. Yeah. I had some other options. He was like, I'll go. But he was the biggest crank in the car. Like, we could not talk to him. And finally, I turned around and said, When did you last eat? Uh I don't know. So we went to Five Guys. Uh He gets a bacon dog. You guys, (laughs) what is the nutrition value? (laughs) Well, his 
bacon. hot dog with bacon <laughs> and ketchup. But he ate that in the bucket of fries they give you, which are fantastic. And he was a different person. So, yes. And that's at eight. I mean, the 15 year old, even more so. Yeah. And healthy things, because I think that sometimes they eat like a protein bar and then they have a bowl of cereal and then, you know, then they go out and at least mine, we have Izzy sodas. You know, I'm like, what did you eat that actually nourished your body? Yes. Yes. Like, let's have something like an apple and some peanuts and then let's talk and having (laughs) grace for them because goodness knows we do that too, right? Hungry. I mean, all those things. Tired. Yeah. I think I've just finally in my 40s accepted the fact that I am a different person when I'm tired. Yeah. And I don't see life with actual real lenses. Everything is bad. Right. Well, and, you know, speaking of the tired component, this is a time and kind of reflects back on the guardrails thing. We're a strong sleep household and we've been experimenting as our oldest gets older with letting her stay up. She's a by nature night owl. And we can do that for a few nights until then the crash happens. And then she is inconsolable and just doesn't feel like her own self. And so then we kind of have to dial back bedtime a little bit. But the capacity that teens have for sleeping, because so much is happening, not only are they physically growing, but cognitively, so many changes are happening. We all know that just in human biology, change and transformation requires sleep. And so a lot of times, because teens are, they can stay up so late, but sometimes that's a good check-in to be like, how are you sleeping? How are you doing with rest is a good one too, so. Oh yeah, we're hitting that with my, she's almost 11. Bless it, you guys, almost every night of the week, she's going to bed too late. She doesn't fall asleep quickly and then she'll come and find me and she's like, why does just nobody like me? I feel like no one likes me anywhere. And I'm like, okay, we can't, talk about this right now like it's 10 30 yes you need to go to bed she's like but I don't want to talk about it during the day and I'm like that's you know I'm thinking in my head like that's because you don't feel like this during the day but I'm like okay come to me tomorrow when you get home from school but yeah I mean every night I'm like bless her heart yeah she's just exhausted so the cool thing is with teens because they have the cognitive development is you can start to I think draw some of those lines yeah like, let's get some food. Maybe you don't even say like, wow, you're really hungry and mm-hmm. cranky. But like, mm-hmm. just push some food toward them. Or yeah. just go get in the car and they might just follow you and keep whining about whatever it is that they're whining about. And, you know, get them a burger mm-hmm. and then be like, later. Mm-hmm. So did you notice how you acted differently after mm-hmm. you ate? Or did you notice after you got a lot of sleep how you felt? Yes. Or after you exercised or, you know, all these things that we're trying to teach them, like how to do true self-care, right? Yes. I think when they get to be teenagers, you can say, not at the moment, but later, did you see how you changed? And hopefully they'll go, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Can I say one last one? Yeah. I think it's also, this is so good. Don't sweat the small stuff with these kids. Yes. In the sense that are they needing to put their shoes away and hang up their backpack? Things that they, you have been talking to them about since <laughs> they were five when they come in. Yes. These things are true. But is that maybe the smaller stuff? Could they have had a really bad day? So I think worrying about that relationship first before we return to the small stuff is Mm -hmm. such a key. So saying, well, like, how are you? Who are you? How can I love on you today? Mm -hmm. And then go back and say, "Eh, we're going to need you to actually brush your teeth, which we've been talking about (laughs) since you were seven. (laughs) Still true. Still true. But that's the small stuff, you guys. These kids need to feel loved and need to feel accepted and to know that you have their back and that you're on their side. Yeah. So until they know that, the small stuff just doesn't matter. So I think that's a good reminder because lots of times, especially I think if you're a mom, the details can overwhelm and we just get frustrated, you know, that people are not like doing these things, especially when they're old enough to know better. And you're like, come on. But Picking those battles that you make sure that they know first that you love them and that you believe in them and you care about them. Yes. And the second stuff can be second stuff. Yes. So good. That's a great way to wrap this up. That really does encompass just kind of the whole, the mission of this phase in life. So awesome. I hope that this has been helpful. I'm sure that lots of you have thoughts to add to this conversation, maybe thinking about your own teen years, 
what was helpful for you as you were navigating that time of life, what you maybe would like to do differently in relationship with teens, whether they're your children or whatever teen is in your life. So you know that we want to hear your thoughts on this conversation and really hear what you have to add. So Kelly, remind people where we can find you all around the web. Oh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly Gordon MN and on Facebook at facebook.com slash lovewellblog. Although you can always find me in the Hangout. That's right. I'm in the Hangout group too, for sure. And also on social media, you can find me at Sorta Awesome Meg. The show's over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us on Facebook anytime at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. So you guys, thanks so much for listening. And we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to SortaAwesomeShow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.